Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Lost Souls podcast. My name is Aggie and I'm your host. We are a podcast that is here to normalize conversations about being lost in life. And today I have a wonderful guest who will be joining me on a conversation about being lost in purpose. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the mid-20 crisis, you know, something that folks who are in their mid-20s go through and the struggles that they will run into. And so today I have hosts of the Yes podcast, a podcast to share the 2 a.m. stories of Yoko, Emily, and Sandy. So I'd like to welcome them on. Hello. Hello. And so I'm so grateful to have these uh, wonderful women joining me for this conversation where we will just be having candid conversations about some of the struggles we're currently going through or some of the struggles we do fear or we've kind of worked through them and are still, you know, trying to figure it out. And so just to dive right in, um, what is the mid 20 crisis that 20 year olds go through and what does it look like to all of us? I think right now, um, for me, I know that crisis is graduating as I'm an undergrad at the University of Minnesota. And so I'm in my last semester um, and this whole semester has been very anxiety provoking when it comes to just thinking about what does post-grad life look like? Um, I think the biggest part of that is really like career what kind of job am I going to get? Am I going to continue the route where um, I'm headed with my major or are there other interests that like I might pursue? And so that's been the biggest worry that's on my mind. I think the mid 20 year crisis is more about just figuring out your next steps. Like Yoko mentioned, um, a lot of us during this time, we're either graduating or we're just kind of figuring out where we want to go forth in our life next. And I think there's a lot of pressure, especially during your mid 20s to kind of speed it up and figure out what you're doing and kind of traditionally like go down that path and then uh, do the rest of whatever you're supposed to do as an adult. And so I know I'm definitely on that path myself as um, having graduated two years ago now and trying to figure out my life still. Yeah, same with Yoko and Emily. I'm Sandy. <laughs> um, yeah, I totally agree with like what they've said so far. I mean, I've took a year off of schools and I'm like back in and then like literally just figuring it out what the heck I even want to do in life. Like even though I had an idea of what I wanted to do, it turns out that maybe that's not quite what I want to do. So literally finding my purpose all over again. I really like, you know, how Yoko, you mentioned, you know, the transition from college to the professional world, which we will touch about a little bit on this episode more. And also, I think, Sandy, you also said like the purpose. And I think that's where I am at right now in my mid 20 year old crisis. Like, what is what is my purpose? Um, Am I doing something that is self-fulfilling, but also helps folks? And, um, you know, me just having recently graduated in 2019, I think it's just like you just fall into the midst of not knowing if you're doing the right things. I don't think anyone, I don't even think there are right things, but it just seems like I don't know if I'm doing it right, I guess. Yeah, I think it's so interesting to think about purpose. I want to say I didn't even think about it until 
maybe high school um, because I have older sisters. And so they were kind of going through college as I was going through high school. And so some of that kind of influenced me. And once I started to think about it, I was just like, what is my purpose? Do I need a purpose? And what does that look like? And how can I implement that in the larger aspect, right, of like what I do with my job and things like that, but also like in my daily as well, like what does that look like? And so I think that everyone has like a different purpose because everyone's so different and unique has their own sets of like skills and strings. And so they're going to play into that. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of you. I think um, right now when I think about like purpose, a lot of times I'm also thinking about impact too, because I guess at the end of the day, you know, you really just want to, whether that's for yourself or for others, you want to create that impact. And it's just like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And if I don't know if I'm doing it right, like you said, Agi, then how the heck am I going to find that purpose to create that impact? And so I definitely think that that's a lot of pressure especially on the 20-something-year-olds who literally have no guidance into what is considered right. I think that's a really interesting point, like making impact, because I feel that too, you know, like I feel like I want to be a positive impact on folks, whoever they are. And sometimes even with this podcast, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing or if like, is this the right steps? But then people write back and they're like, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for that. And then I realized that like, oh, like I am, (laughs) I am making an impact, but I don't even know it. And so I wish there was also in this mid twenties area, like more guidance on like giving yourself a little bit of grace, I guess, like, oh, you are making impact in your own way. And you don't have to, to like, you should just low, give yourself a break, I guess. I think that impact part is a big part of where I'm at too, as well. And with impact, like, even if it's just like one or two, like a few people, like that's already like really great and like if you can influence or make someone else's day better uh, then I think that's already like a really great start yeah I literally thought that I had it all figured out I think it was like in high school or like when I just graduated I'm like okay I have a purpose and I know what it is but then like once college happened and I'm just like what I just I have I lost everything that I wanted to do totally had like a whole identity like who am I what am I doing my parents are always on my ass like I really don't know I know that I want to live a purposeful life and if my purpose is to simply find my purpose then I'm okay with that I used to think that I can only have one purpose but who said you can have multiple you know (laughs) and so I know that I have like I'm like creative and I want to do something in the creative world so if that's one of my purpose then that's like uh, the, the direction that I'm going for as of right now but if I along the way I find another purpose that works for me then it's a win-win you know I think that's the beauty of life as well to just figure it as we go I think so too and you know with folks who I felt like in my early 20s or late teens I didn't really think about these types of things and it wasn't until like I was meeting I was gonna graduate and then all of a sudden when I did I just didn't I don't know, I just felt like that purpose of graduating college, like I did that for the people who sacrificed a lot for me. But once I reached that point, I think as a child of refugees, it was hard to develop a sense of self, I guess. It was super difficult to develop it beyond the expectations that my parents had for me. Um, That was just me. When I graduated, I was just kind of like, who am I? I don't know. It was very weird. (laughs) 
I feel like I'm still going through that. Like I'm still asking who am I and who do I want to be and getting to know like myself because, you know, we're also like still growing and still evolving. And so that's a good question that we should be continuously asking ourselves too. Yeah. And I think the, like the older we get, I think we realize the amount of possibilities and the amount of purposes there are out there for us. And I think that's also what makes it so difficult too, especially if you kind of been on like that one track mindset of just trying to fulfill like the basic wants of your parents, especially if your parents are refugees. And then when you graduate, it's kind of just like, okay, well, I did what they told me to do. Now, what do I do? And then you have like a hundred million things out there for you to do. And you're just kind of sitting there watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's just, that's how it be, especially during the pandemic. I, I'm so scared to like leave school. Um, I mean, I want to leave school so bad. Like I'm so done with like <laughs> my school, my schoolwork already. But like, I like with the whole transition to professional world I am super duper scared because I don't like well I have a feeling that I don't like working under someone but I need that experience to like um, in the whole professional realm as a graphic designer too uh, I would rather venture out to like freelancing but that's also like a lot of networking which I'm not to put myself out there a lot I know that right now I should be applying for internships but it's just like the idea of it scares me like my whole anxiety like uh with COVID I'm just like ah, oh, I don't let me put that on pause like I don't really want to do all that yet I don't even want to be an adult like let me just end it there like I'm, I'm scared okay I'm scared to live <laughs> I think that those are all really good points. And I think it was maybe Emily who mentioned that there are, we live in a country where we're very privileged. So there's so many opportunities and so many like avenues to go through. I think I heard this on a podcast. I don't remember what it was titled, but it was just saying that like the reason why a lot of folks in like the US and other countries similar to the US are unhappy is because we have like so many opportunities and so many ways to be happy that we don't know what steps to take. And I feel like that's really like amplified in your mid twenties because you're hitting such a transitional phase for so many years that like you can like, we can literally do anything we want in the world. And like you said, Sandy, we can have multiple purposes, but like it's always embarking on those purposes or taking those the purpose in and making it a part of your life that almost seems like the challenge. I don't know when that podcast said that that's why a lot of folks are not happy in the US because we have so many opportunities that it actually made a lot of sense to me because I'm like, sometimes I'm not happy because I'm like, well, I could be doing more. But it's all it just always seems like there's always more and it never ends. I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting though because I feel like there is this like innate feeling of like, I could be doing something. Um, and I think for me, I've been trying to find that balance of doing things and achieving my goals and, you know, working towards my purpose, but also thinking about what does, you know, relaxation look like? And how does that play into my life? Because that's also a really important part. If you're burnt out, you can't, you know, be at your best, you know, to do things and to work towards your goals. And so I do think that there is that balance that like is needed. Yeah. And to also kind of go off of that, I think when it comes to thinking about so much about what we can do and kind of like what Yoko was talking about, um, there's also that sense of like, you lose that sense of just living 
you know, because you're just so encompassed with like figuring out like, well, what's my next move? How am I going to get there? And how am I going to make this impact? When it's just like, you're never not, like, you're never going to be where you are like the next second or in the future. So it's like, you have to like live in that moment right now because you've been missing out on so many things that are just happening. And instead of like trying to find like that purpose or trying to like figure out like what the hell we're supposed to be doing, it's just like, we lose that sense of enjoyment. And so I think it's like, like Yoko said, it's really important to find that balance and to remember to live in the moment and not so much in the future. Like something I really appreciated from the movie Soul was that like at the end, the main character realized that there were all these small moments that like made his day like so much better and like really centered him into being present with whatever was happening around him and recognizing as well the impact that he was already making um, on those around him. And so although we may not see it ourselves, you know, what we do and what we say has an impact on other people. And it kind of just feels like a lot of the time, I know I do this, I'm very future thinking, I'm thinking about the next goal, the next plan, the next five years, 10 years, which is good to think about, yes, for sure, and plan for it. But there's also a time and place to be present and grateful for all the things you already have as well. I watched the movie Soul as well, and I was really surprised by the way I felt after watching it, um, just because I'm not a big fan of movies, but so many people suggested it. And then when I watched it, it was just really relatable to everybody, even like young children who are watching it. I think I think it's a great message, I guess, like you said, Yoko. And I read this one Instagram post. I know I just keep sharing about whatever comes up, but I'm sure Instagram calculates whatever I'm liking and brings it up. But I saw a quote that was like, sometimes, you know, we keep wishing for the future. We keep getting anxious about it and we forget to live in the moment and we forget to realize that this moment we're living in was something we used to dream of when we were younger and that like when we're not even appreciating all of the amazing things around us which is a result of all the amazing work we've done that it is just like that's true I used to dream of living like this but I don't even celebrate it so what's the point of dreaming more if like I don't even appreciate it I really agree with that. I think that's so relatable because I have also thought that as well. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be older and to have all this freedom and do all these things, go to college, have my own apartment, etc. And like once I got there, then I was thinking about, okay, now I want all these other things. And so it's always that like innate like desire or want to just have more. But it's like really helpful to check yourself and be like, I already have so many things. And the things I have now are things that I've wanted for a very long time. And so, yeah, I really like your point. Yes. And so I know we talked a little bit about, you know, what the 20 year old crisis kind of looks like to us as individuals and anyone who's listening, you know, if you're in your mid 20 year old crisis, it can look different. It could be similar. I think it's just unique to the person. But I think for a lot of folks who have the privilege of going to college or, you know, pursuing higher education, there's this huge transition that no one like ever talks about, or I just feel like no one ever talked to me about. And I was really taken aback when I reached that point in my life. And so we kind of want to talk about that a little bit of just how like this transition to the professional world from college and what some of our experiences are, what some of our fears are, what some of the things that we like about it are and so um, just specifically saying I think we want to talk about just getting that job after you graduate which is a 
what a lot of people really stress about if they're not going to grad school. It's like go to grad school or get that job. What are your thoughts about getting that job or the the journey for getting it? Well, for me, um, because <laughs> I've been through this uh, already, it's freaking hard. <laughs> it is so, 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 so hard. And I think it's because, you know, I as in college, we have like this expectation, right? We get the degree, we get the job, and we're good, right? For just like a bit, we're good. But the reality of it is, it's so much more difficult than that. And I think it's just because of just how, you know, our system works too, when it comes to getting jobs. And I used to work as an employment guidance counselor for youth. And so it was very difficult if I wasn't already having my connections. But just a matter of like having these like really expectations of this is the job I'm probably going to get afterwards, or this is how I'm going to build it up. And then realizing that it's so much harder than that, because you have so many other people, especially those who um, have way more experience than you applying for those same jobs and, you know, making it a lot harder on um, newly college students who are finding a job that already in itself and not knowing how to even get there really, because no one really tells you like how to take steps to really get a job or look into jobs that you actually really are interested in. And so it's all very much confusion. It's a very dark hole. <laughs> it's a very like question mark path. And, you know, at the, at the end of it, I think it's all about really perseverance because I know, especially right now, um, if you did graduate probably last spring, it's very much more difficult with the pandemic going on um, and considering how many jobs are or how many people are being let go from their jobs. Um, it's making it a lot more difficult for newly college students to even get them as well. But yeah, I think at the end of it, it's a lot about perseverance, a lot about patience and being patient on yourself too. You know, um, I think a lot of people put a lot of hardships on themselves when they're not able to get a job um, after a while of graduating. And it can be very, very sad. It can be very like, um, it can make you put yourself down a lot and put how much or not validate the work that you've done um, previously. Just put a lot of grace on yourself and it's very difficult but there's always a light at the end. And um, yeah, just be patient. I'm excited for moving out, having a place of my own. I mean, I know like the bills and sugar, I mean, the bills are all <laughs> gonna add up and then like car payments, all of stuff, not ready for all that financial stuff, but I'm so excited to like leave this toxic, my parents are just a lot. And so like, Emily mentioned more free time and I'm like, well, I know I have a lot of free time, but if I have a place of my own, I will have a more set schedule of how to use up my time because living at home is with your parents is definitely something else. Cause all I want to do is just sleep all day and um, yeah, homework. What's that? <laughs> so, I mean, a part of like my transition to like, if I'm out of, if I'm done with school, I would have like, more time for my passion projects that I want to do so I mean I could do that now but I feel like since school is like my priority to just get that aside yeah I can't wait to just like dive into my passion projects and things that I want to do. No Sandy I think you brought up a really good point about I I didn't think about this till I left college but 
college is kind of a safety net like you know it's just like people think that oh it's such a horrible place to be but you know you always have a safety net to fall back on that you're working towards a goal like there's always a goal at the end which is to graduate but then once you like are not like when you graduate you get a job like there is no safety net to fall back on it's just money and some folks they don't do well with like just getting monetary gains I do agree that like when you're like when I was an undergrad I think I was really um I didn't network well. (laughs) And it is all about networking, which is a a lesson I wish someone would have taught me much earlier that when you get jobs, it's all about who you know, and where that person is in that company, or how they can connect you to certain opportunities. And yes, you can have the most amazing resume, but if someone else knows someone who's in the company who can vouch for you, they're going to hire that person over you. And so I've learned that networking is super important. And so if any of you are still in undergrad, if you can network and just like shoot that cold email, that really helps. Unfortunately, that's just how this world works. But um, that really helped me in expanding my network. And I learned that a lot of people are actually um, much nicer than I thought they would be or like they're just much more open to being mentors or sharing their experiences. So yeah, I feel you, Sandy. I wish I would have appreciated college more because because there was that safety net, I think I was able to do like a lot more and live a little bit more freely than I am living right now. I- yeah, I would definitely echo what all of you have said. Networking is scary. I like hate it. I'm like right there with you, Sandy, especially as like an introvert. I'm just like, ew, my anxiety is heightened in like job fairs and stuff. Um, I don't enjoy going to job fairs in I think a part of like why it's scary to like apply for jobs and the whole process is I think for a long time I had connected my worth and my value with my job or whatever I produce and the work that I am producing. By unconsciously doing that, it impacts just like whenever I get rejected because it feels like they're rejecting me in a sense. And, you know, People just want to be accepted. People want to be loved. People want to be accepted for like who they are. And it's scary when you are rejected because I know for me, I definitely go into this thought of like, oh, am I not enough? What am I not doing right? You know, what do I need to change to fit into like other people's like mold? And that was something that I really had to like learn to like take a step back from in my college like years and um, detach like my self-worth and my self-value with the work that I'm doing because whatever I'm producing does not amount to like who I am as a person. Yeah, I think in relation to, you know, remembering your worth, um, when you have reached to like that job or whatever uh, professional life that you're in, I think there's a lot of moments of doubt too, just because you are coming from just graduating and whether you had worked or not, like this is now like a professional thing you're doing. You're not just like a student anymore. And I know that for myself, I've had a lot of moments of doubt and like um, wondering if the job that I'm doing, if first of all, I'm even doing it right or if I'm even qualified to do it because in every workplace that I've been in so far, I've usually always been the youngest. It's always that look of, oh, you're new, you're young. And so I have been treated like a child before, very much so like, because, you know, I ask a lot of questions, and I'm uh, shadowing people, and I look very young, too. And so it's very easy for those who are like in their 50s, 60s, and sometimes 70s to look at me and think like, oh, such a, such a baby, like she, 
she's a self-fresh and like, you know, we'll take care of you. And it's hard. I think it's really hard to um, find your confidence and that assertiveness that you, uh, again, your work is valid and you are worth it. And there's a reason why you got this job, right? Like there's a reason why you got that internship or whatever else you're doing that's professional. Finding that confidence was really hard for me. And I think it's still something that I'm adjusting to each time that I either get a new job or if I have a new goal within that job, it's um, about standing my ground and remembering like who I am and what I'm capable of. And so, yeah, that's definitely been a hard thing to do, but it's something to um, continue working towards as you get into that professional life. I wanted to respond to something that um, Yoko did mention too, and Emily a little bit too about like confidence and also about like having your worth attached to the job that you get. I think it's scary because a lot of people do and can connect their self-worth, self-purpose to only a job. That's okay, but I also don't think it's healthy in the end if it's only your job that reflects your life purpose, I guess. Well, I think, Emily, you talked about um, a little bit about the search and Sandy, you know, you're still an undergrad and Yoko, you are too. I, and I heard that it can take up to an average of six months to get a job. So anywhere from six months to a year. What were your experiences with the interview process or what was your experience within those six months? Yeah, so like I said, I am currently, I didn't do this, <laughs> um, but I am currently working. And so for me, after I graduated, I, I actually got very, very lucky. Um, I feel like I am very lucky to have uh, gotten a job. Uh, what was it? Like a month after I graduated. And I think, again, it was just based off the connections that I had. Um, I started my my first job that I had after graduating was a temp position. It was the employment guidance counselor that I had talked about previously. Um, and so that um, really opened my eyes to um, what I wanted to do and um, kind of like blew up a lot more passions than I thought that I had. But the interview process itself is very nerve wracking, you know, because um, it was for a job. And like, you know, I'd, I had done interviews before for like part time positions and things like that. Um, but for some reason, every time I go in for a new job that I know I could be staying there for a couple of years and or potentially like make a career out of this, depending on um, if you can move up or not. It's always a little bit more nerve wracking <laughs> uh, just because like, you kind of feel like this is like another adult step that you have to get through. And I think um, what some really good advice I have when it comes to applying for jobs is that um, utilize the words that they have in the job description. Because a lot of times when it comes to applications too, it's the system that processes it. It's not people, <laughs> you know, it's not people most of the time, it's a system. And so um, that's one of the suggestions I've had. And again, um, you talked about this too, networking. It's all about networking and connections that you have. And like, if you have a connection with someone who is in that company or organization or whatever that you're wanting to work with, then reach out to them because, you know, like you said, people are a lot nicer than I guess we think. And um, they're more than willing to help you or either or be a reference for you. And so um, I know that I, as I'm moving forward in my professional life, that is something that I'm still working on, but definitely trying to continue to get to know more people and what they're doing, especially as I'm kind of narrowing down on what I'm wanting to do with my career. 
you know, if you know you want this, then just go for it. That's definitely something I'm still going through right now in trying to navigate. Um, I feel like I've been job searching for the longest time. And it's like a cycle that I go back to every once in a while. And it's been hard, especially like Emily, how you were saying how like they just look for people with more experience. And with my career path, I'm a journalism major. And so that is kind of what I am going towards. But I'm also looking at nonprofit and community organization because those are also like really big passions of mine. Um, But with journalism, it's really about your experience. And if you have had a couple of years being at a publication and like doing the work then it's less likely that you'll be getting like a full-time position and so that's been something that has really been hitting me because that has definitely forced me to be looking more at internships and fellowships and that's been hard because you know I would obviously want a full-time job that pays and has benefits and all those things especially during this pandemic because like security is so important yeah I'm definitely still just like going through it hopefully I end up with the job soon before I graduate fingers I I was on this I was on Instagram again or something on Facebook maybe and it was maybe TikTok and it was like oh you know they say scrolling through social media is so toxic and it shows like scrolling through Instagram and TikTok and then they were like but have y'all ever scrolled through LinkedIn five minutes of LinkedIn is just as toxic as eight hours of TikTok and I was laughing so hard because it's so true like I'll be scrolling through and I'll be like what am I doing with my life? And I would literally just like jump off of LinkedIn, but it was so funny. I wanted to mention that. So yeah, LinkedIn can be toxic. Make sure you watch yourself. No, those are some really good words of advice. And, you know, just for some folks, you know, you know, even for me, I'm like, if I want to switch jobs or anything, I wish someone would have told me about healthcare benefits and retirement. I know no one wants to talk about it because it's kind of boring. But honestly, it's really important to make sure you have good healthcare benefits, especially in the US where it's like, you know, you don't want the ambulance to take you because it costs a lot of money, unfortunately. But also, um, I think it's really important as like, you know, we're all women of color and for folks of color who are listening here, uh, counter your salary offer. You know, people are usually offering the lowest salary. And so do your research because I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing this, but the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum, they just pulled out the list of what women from different Asian ethnic groups make compared to a a white man. And so for Hmong women, Hmong women make 60 cents to the dollar that a white man makes. Usually folks who are refugees, they make less. And so it's really important to talk about your salaries. I feel like in our culture, it's always like, don't talk about your salary. And then I was always like, why? Like, why can't we talk about it? And it's because a lot of folks are getting paid a lot less for doing the same amount of work that other people are. And so I did counter my salary, but I think everyone should give it a shot because the worst that can happen is they can say no. I definitely think that's a great point because as I'm looking at jobs right now I also have to be thinking about those things and seeing what kind of health benefits do I need and something else is that I'm looking at at out-of-state jobs and I'm thinking about moving and considering 
you know, being away from family. I think that's really big change as well. If you choose to do that. I was telling my mom the other day that I'm looking at this job that's based in Washington, D.C. And if I were to get it, like I haven't even applied, but just if I got it, I would have to move there. And she's like, no, no, you shouldn't go. Like you need to be looking at jobs in Minnesota. Like that's too far away from me. Like I can't cook for you. I can't see you every day. And I'm going to be worried. I'm like trying to like ease her worries and be like, it's going to be fine. Uh, But like now's the time to do it. Like I think that like as I'm graduating, I just like recognize that I don't have anything to really tie me down to like Minnesota right now. And so it's a really great time to explore and to to really just push myself out of my comfort zone because for a while I was very scared to do new things or to get out of Minnesota but I think that now I'm a, a much better place to feel comfortable with myself and be confident about moving and although it's definitely still scary like I know that I'm like capable and this is just the time to do it. I wish I would have been more courageous when I graduated and thought about leaving the area a little bit more. But now I'm thinking about it just because I've been in the professional world a little bit more. But I also think it's an amazing opportunity. And so I think a lot of folks should consider moving away from wherever they grew up because I think home will always be there. Home will always be here. It's never going to leave anywhere. And so people can always come back later in their careers, I think. But, you know, just moving forward and talking about, we talked about, you know, the lifestyle change from college to graduating into the professional world. What are some of the lifestyle changes that happen for some of you, you know, or what are some lifestyle changes that you may are interested to learn more about or fear about when transitioning from graduating college to to having graduated college into the professional world? When I first went into my professional um, or my first professional job, I should say, it was weird <laughs> because, you know, like I wasn't worried about homework. I wasn't worried about um, like school deadlines and things like that. And so um, I did work the typical, you know, um, nine to five or like eight to 4.30 in my case. And I had a lot of free time now. Like I had free time in the afternoons and on the weekends and I was bored and I realized that I didn't really have that many hobbies. (laughs) And so, you know, it was just like a lot of free time and I wasn't stressing about the same things that I was stressing about. And um, at this time I was living at home. And so I think I definitely tried to fill that up with meeting with my friends that would come like I would want to like hang out with them, but they'd be in school. So like there was nothing I could do because like majority of my friends were um, still in college. And it was like really hard for me to figure out how to make the most of my time in uh, in an efficient way, um, but also remembering like, you know, it's good to relax, too. And so I think that I've learned to value relaxing and um, making up my own time and, you know, adjusting to that work life too. It was just like, again, it was very, it was very weird not to be surrounded by like my peers or in my job situation to be surrounded about uh, around people that were around my age as well. And so it was a really big adjustment to that and are working in that office style too. It was kind of, I remember when I was younger, it was one of the things that I used to kind of fantasize about. I'm like, wow, like my own office. It was just like a little cubicle, um, but it was just like, it was just like a cool thing at the moment. Cause it kind of like hit me that I'm like, wow, I'm like working professionally. I have a little cubicle and granted this was my temp job. So I did not decorate it because I'm very minimal person. So I think I just, 
I don't even know what I did. <laughs> I don't even think I decorated it. I just put up like my work schedule and like what I had to do and I tacked it. It's definitely a switch. And in my experience, I had just a lot more free time and now working professional life and living at home by myself, like away from my parents. I moved out um, last year. It definitely has switched even more in terms of, again, finding hobbies during this pandemic when I have nothing to do. But yeah, it's all about, again, kind of finding yourself and living with yourself, really. Yeah, I think you bring up really great points about like finding yourself and getting to know yourself, your whole universe, you know? I think something that I would definitely miss from college is being surrounded by community, being surrounded by peers who uh, look like me and student organizations, because that's been a really big part of my college experience. And even with this pandemic, like that's something I've missed so much. And having just like reconnected with some folks that are so very much like um, doing work in community, I've just like miss it. I miss going to these events with them. I miss just seeing them around on campus and catching up. And that's something that I'm gonna like really miss as I'm gonna graduate soon. And in a sense, like having to find a new community um, and having to find like a new support system. For me, I think just like recently, I had like a loss of like my dreams and passions. I was literally so lost that I was upset with myself that I have all of these hobbies, right? But then I was I was not pursuing them or I was just like, what was my dream again? Like, what did I want it to be? But I feel like that's a lot of pressure from my parents that they have set on me. And like, I know they want me to get my bachelor's, but I'm like, I'm at a community school for something else that I want to achieve for myself. And yeah, with like M, M said, um, working on like your mental well-being and everything like that. Like I'm doing that as well as like trying to like find my way, navigate my way to make them happy. But then I was also discussing this with my sister that like, why do you feel the need to, um, to, to make them happy? Or like, I mean, obviously you want to make your parents happy. Right. But then like the idea that what I do will not satisfy them because even like I'm hiding the fact that I'm not even at the U anymore from uh, from them and then they're not really seeing me do my schoolwork. I'm just like well I do it like late at night and y'all aren't even awake or like but then they're like my mom's like if you're not in school just get a job and I'm like oh I am in school you don't know what I'm doing just just chillax so it's just like a lot of expectations that they have on me and I just get so upset because it's like, oh, I hate like disappointing them because I, I know their struggles of like their refugee story and like your history. And I want to do I want I want to make you proud. But at the same time, I really can't do that if you're always on my ass and always expecting me to do something that you want. But I can't do that because it makes me not happy. So it's just like a lot that I always have to like balance and navigate. And like some days I'm like, yes, I know what the heck I'm doing. And then some days they're just, their words get to me. And I'm just like, oh, I need to like really, really leave so I can <laughs> I can just do my own thing. So I, I usually get lost with like my thought and get really lost in purpose, <laughs> the purpose of this episode. So I, I'm really like, I'm really just lost at this point. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Sandy. Like with quarantine, like so many people were like 
diving into their passion projects. You know, there's so many different like small businesses opening up, friends of friends. And that was really great to see that people were able to put the emotional energy uh, and capacity to do that and follow through with that. Because I think for a lot of people, we have like all these things we want to do in our head, right? But it's like, when do I have the time to actually put in the work and make it happen? And like, as we are going to be leaving school, I think that's a really great time to think about side hustles and all that because you have so many interests and so it's like so amazing to be able to explore that and continue learning outside of school. I was all for that energy in 2020 seeing people opening up shops or you know starting podcasts or starting YouTube channels because I think I just saw people shine differently when they did that like I saw so many different sides of people that I never knew about them or when they did it they just had a different energy to them so I know some people were like everyone is opening up stuff in 2020 and I was like what is that to you like I don't know I just felt really happy seeing people be happy I guess so that's why for folks who started something in 2020 I give them props because they found what makes them happy or what they like and I think even now I'm still trying to figure out like what are some cool hobbies that I like when you graduate or you know just when you're heading into your mid-20s crisis everyone should find a hobby that they like it will really help them in their life because yeah after your nine to five you sit there and you don't know what to do so yeah I think with hobbies, something that I've come to realize is that I don't need to be perfect at these things. I don't need to, you know, master this in a couple months or a year. And I've been kind of getting into just like drawing more. Um, and I had some friends come over and just like draw with me and hang out and stuff. And I think I just realized that like, I don't need to be like, crazy talented to do this kind of stuff you know if you like it if you enjoy it then like then do it and something along with that I think that I've been also just thinking about like my body and my physical health finding something that keeps me moving is really important especially during this pandemic where it's like much harder to go outside and so I'm really excited for like the warmer weather I like can't wait to like go out and walk around the lakes with like my siblings or go paddle boarding with my sisters that's just something I've come to really appreciate more is being with nature and moving your body when folks are transitioning, you know, or like a year or two up until that point where they graduate college, I think a lot of times if you are in a community that really values like family, I think pressures from family can be very or it can be very influential. And so for all of you, on what are some expectations you find difficult to live up to during this time in the crisis of your mid-20s? I just don't talk to them. <laughs> no, but really, yeah, every time they're like on my butt about where I'm headed, I want to tell them that I'm okay. But I feel like even if stories is a bit different from M's, obviously we're all different. If I tell them that I'm okay, just don't worry about it. But they're always like, oh, why do you always say that? Like, we want to know what you're doing and like but I know that I can provide for myself like I can do things for myself I can only support myself which should be you know good enough for them but I think they're very like oh no what you're doing is you're doing for us too type of thing so that's like where my family kind of dynamic I don't really set boundaries I mean I guess I kind of do but every time we argue I, it's not even worth it so I just move myself from the space that is toxic and that's pretty much how I've been dealing with it yeah silence because <laughs> I don't want to argue with them they're just taking a toll on my mental health well I know for me I like with post-grad life I definitely did not go down the path that my parents expected me to um, I know that when I was in college I was planning for the pre-med route and then going into med school 
but that changed dramatically when I realized I cannot do math or science. <laughs> and I just like was really just losing my passion in it. And so, you know, post grad, that was definitely a concerning time, especially for my parents, because they didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like, they didn't know what my passions were, they didn't know what my plans were. And so I feel like I went through like every every two weeks where my parents would ask me like, so so what are you gonna do? So what, what are your plans? Like, what are your plans? You can go back to school, you can find a better job or whatever. And, you know, I still get that to this day. And I, you know, there's a lot of pressure for me to go back to school, because that's kind of the route that like your parents would want you to like, just keep going to school, get your master's or go get your doctor or something like that. And I know my parents definitely put that pressure on me. But I think it, it really, it, it did stress me out quite a bit. And I think it's really stressed me out this past year because I had already taken a year just working um, post-grad. And so I personally have come to the realization that grad school isn't for me unless like my future job requires me to go to grad school and they want to provide for that, then by all means. But I do know that it's been hard on my parents because they had this high of expectation for me. And um, especially from like our whole family in general, there was that very high expectation. So, th so for me to kind of just be like, nope, I'm just going to be working. Like I'm just going to get my bachelor's and that's probably the most you're going to get from me until something changes. I think it's been very hard for my parents to adjust to. I've personally learned since graduating to really just focus on myself, my own well-being and my own happiness. And I think that's helped me a lot in not feeling like I have to live up to their expectations and what they want from me. Yeah, I think that's totally valid. Parent expectations is really hard to navigate through. And like like you said, Sandy, like we know our parents like refugee stories and it makes that much that much harder because it feels like, oh, they went through all this to give us a better life, then you know, shouldn't we in a sense be paying it back or something like that? Um, and it's like a really hard like battle to go through that I don't think that like has any like a solution or an easy solution to. I know for myself that I haven't had it as bad as others and I'm really grateful for my mom who doesn't put too much like expectations on me. Um, she has been kind of hands off on like education and like as long as like I'm doing good then like she's good with that. And like journalism is not like your typical like go be a doctor lawyer or something and journalism doesn't pay as much as those either uh, but I think I'm like very blessed to have a mom who has been more focused on like if you can financially pay for yourself and like you're doing good and you're happy you have a roof over your head and you have food then like that makes me happy um, and that's been something I've really been grateful for because I know that like my older sisters um, had that pressure of going to like med school and she was pursuing like uh, pharmaceutical for a while um, and realized that just wasn't for her. And so being the youngest of five, I had less expectations for me just because like they had already gone through all of that with my older siblings. And so they've really have paved the path for me to get it a little easier. But I think a lot of the pressures comes from like society pressures of just like having to have it all figured out. Like you should know, know what you're doing. And I think especially seeing those who are like younger than me already doing amazing things. I'm like, that is amazing. Like I am like happy for them. Right. And I'm like, that's great. You're making an amazing impact. And then I'm also like, mm, but what am I doing? And so it's like, 
trying not to compare myself, right? And understanding that everyone's at their own pace and in their own journey. And it's okay to start over at 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, right? And it's okay to start something new because that's life and there's going to be ups and downs. And I think right now it's definitely in a down where it's trying to just figure things out, being lost. And that's okay. I think with being lost comes a sense of like just exploration and learning. I feel like I resonate with you all, um, especially in the points of high expectations, which is something Emily brought up earlier that I think that my family had high expectations of me just living a stable life. I'm also the youngest. So what Yoko said, and I think when you are the youngest, you do get some leeway in like your major and what you do. And so I was an education undergrad and that was a bit untraditional. We all know teachers don't get paid enough in this world. I'm not a teacher now, but I just feel like sometimes I'm like a failure to myself, at least, where like my parents, all they want from me is stability because it's something they never really had. And so when I graduated, they were like, get a car. And I just got it. Well, I didn't just get it. I did a lot of steps to buy the car. But afterwards, I was like, why do I own it? Like, where was my say in purchasing a car, I guess? And then when I realized that I, I, just stop. I stopped doing things and I had to really think about like what my next steps would be because for the longest time I lived for my parents, you know, because I think Sandy mentioned it earlier. I think what I would say is it's kind of guilt, like guilt. And so you want to make sure to make up for all the sufferings your parents do, which were not our end. Like we didn't cause that suffering, you know, but for some reason, like we, we feel like we have to make up for it just to make our parents feel a bit better. Um, That's what I feel at least. And so I had a lot of guilt. And then when I graduated, I think that's when I started to take a little bit more freedom, like determining my own life, I guess, and just focusing on myself, like Emily said, but also like, what do I want to do next? And so I feel like I am a failure to myself because I don't really desire that stable life. I actually feel like it's kind of, it's a bit confining for me right now, just because it's something that I feel like I can do later and I don't want to, but I think the expectations from the family community are real and they're very strong. And I think sometimes dominant American culture just doesn't understand the struggles that some of us have to go through even just to just choose our majors I guess and to graduate moving um forward and moving beyond talking about the transition from college to the professional world which is really important and just holistically looking at the mid-20s crisis what are some mental health struggles that you have or currently have and you know do you have any coping methods that you utilize that help you for me, a lot of my mental health struggles has to do a lot with myself. Um, I'm a big like self-love and like a lot of me, me, me. I'm a bit selfish, but then again, you you have to treat yourself. You know, you you know, you can't do it for someone else if it's not yourself. You know, so like I mean, I haven't been ref- um, a coping method that I do do is journal and um, have conversations. Our podcast was one of our um, my way of reflecting and letting the girls know and really just sharing my thoughts and and stuff like that but since we've been like taking our break I haven't really been reflecting I've really just been on a autopilot like just just living um haven't really intake all that's happened so when I find that that I'm doing that when I'm on autopilot it's it's gonna go bad because I haven't really been uh, dissecting and really digging in with my own feelings and thoughts and emotions so I well we're going back to that and just giving myself affirmations and stuff like that. So I am going through a bit of a struggle um, and I won't say more because I'm gonna start crying <laughs> and then like, it's just not cute for me. So yeah, but mental health sucks. And I'm not even like my mid 20 crisis, 
like this is just like I'm 21 this is just like the start of 20s and so it's like I'm still going through it and I know it's gonna happen more in the future and it's just a matter of like how I gonna I'm gonna deal with it and uh, I think today or this week has just been one of my lows so I'll be back on my highs and yeah, I don't know. That's just how I vibe <laughs> with like my emotions. And I know that I would love to seek therapy. Um, it's just a matter of when um, I, I'm like, I have the will to do that for myself. So much, so much. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We've also talked about mental health in our like podcast as well. And a, it's definitely a journey, I would say. I like I think about like the past four years because I feel like that's kind of been where my mental health has heightened and I definitely see a lot of like ups and downs there are periods of time when I've just been I felt very low and periods of time when I was like so sure of myself and confident what I was doing and I think right now it's definitely hitting a low with just a lot of uncertainty and the fear of the unknown like that's really scary for me as someone who likes to have a lot of control it's hard for me to like let that go I was talking to my sisters about this and we're just talking about like surrendering to it just letting go because you can't control it and as much as you try it's only gonna take more emotional and mental energy on your end letting go has been something that I've been like really learning and like implementing into my life um, and thinking about what are the things that I do have control over and how can I make the best with that I think with mental health like it's so important to seek out professional help you don't have to you know be depressed or be on like the extreme end to seek that help it's like important to like still have that um when you are still like feeling happy and all because you don't want it to get to that point of like that extreme then seeking out um that help and that's also something really frustrating because I know just like how much mental health services cost and it's expensive and you know sometimes you know insurance doesn't cover it and so there's also all those different aspects to it as well and with like the pandemic we've definitely been seeing a lot more of like virtual um, services and all those things which are really great I think something for me with overcoming that or just like moving forward with like my mental health journey is reminding myself that I'm gonna be okay I feel like that's the like been the major thing that I've always kept with me that like during dark periods that like this will pass these feelings will pass and I will get to a point when I'm happy and feeling good again and when I'm at that place I'm also aware that like I need to be grateful for all of these beautiful moments that I'm having with my family or having with loved ones and with friends because this will also pass and so that's something that's just always kept me going of like I'm gonna be okay at the end of it I know I'm capable and I have the help um, and the people around me to get to a better place yeah I think it took me a long time to adjust my mental health struggles like even up to like this just the beginning of this year just because like I like one of my main struggles is that I just don't want to uh, be seen or felt as like a disappointment or a burden or like a failure to other people. And so I just never showed it at all. Like I just never showed my emotion. I never asked for help. I just kind of went through the motions or, you know, I definitely am the type of person too who like goes out of their way for the people that I care about just because, you know, I want like one of my love languages is acts of services. So um 
about to get you like a cake or something. Um, but you know, it's just it's just something that like I like doing. I like taking care of people, but I think that I did it too much to the point where I wasn't even taking care of myself. And you know, this this definitely hit its peak my last year of college. Um, just like a lot of the things that I was dealing with, just feeling like I was like letting down a lot of people in my life that I really cared about and you know, seeing how um, the things they were going through, I kind of put that on myself, like, oh, maybe it's my fault, like, oh, I could have been there for them, or I could have done something for them. And like, even now, not having having those responsibilities, but feeling that my own personal journey, like I'm letting down people or my actions that I'm doing, I'm going to be seen as a disappointment. And so I have been going through the process of trying to know that I can't always be there for everyone. And also that taking care of myself is just as great as taking care of others. And, you know, just recently too, I started going to therapy, which is a really, really big step for me because I know that back in college, I really wish I would have utilized the services they had. And I told myself so many times that I would go, but it's like so scary, you know, like what Yoko said, therapy is just so scary, because you have to be vulnerable. And that is not something that is easy for me at all. And there's also just the finance part of it, too, which just makes it even more difficult, you know, and so I'm very uh, grateful and privileged to be able to go to therapy now. But I know that it's been a long process since then. And um, another like, besides going to therapy coping methods that I have is kind of what Yoko said too not like knowing that I don't have control over things, right? Like I overthink a lot too. And so I try to, when I do get into that moment, I try to remember that, you know, you, you can't predict the future and you can't um, make things happen the way you want it to happen. And so the best things to do is to like, let it go. And I think it's like, it's a lot harder, but like when my therapist said that to me, I was just like, yeah, you're kind of right. You know, like you're kind of right. Like I really just be thinking about things happening in the future when they haven't even happened yet, you know, and then again, it makes me lose out on living in the moment and appreciating the moment. And I think ever since I've started practicing that whenever I do start to overthink, it's made me enjoy the moments I have with people a lot more. And I'm, I definitely have noticed that within myself that it's, I just appreciate it so much more. And I'm, I'm like, actually happy in that moment, um, hanging out with the people that I care about instead of these things that I did or that I said. But yeah, a lot of it is just like letting go and journaling has been helping too as well. Um, but yeah, just a lot of those like small, simple action steps you can take um, to really just reaffirm yourself. I want to echo what Emily Yoko said about counseling or, you know, therapy for me. I don't know, my person is called my counselor. So I go to them and I think it helps a lot. I think when I graduated college, I obviously had like, you know, depression and anxiety throughout college, but I just think I was so busy all the time that I didn't have time to sit and realize I had it. And then all of a sudden I graduated college and I swear I was depressed that whole first year of post-grad because I transitioned into a life that was a bit redundant and boring. And I didn't really like the nine to five. I didn't like, I just kind of went to work and came home and left at 4.30 right away. And then I think something changed when I started to go to counseling and especially when my 
partner of five and a half years and I broke up, I think my life dramatically changed after that because I put myself in the position where I realized that I can be the determiner in my life and I can cut things out of my life. And granted, my ex broke up with me, but because I didn't go back and I allowed that part to kind of just let it be, I think I realized that I can let a lot of parts of myself be and I can cut out things in my life that are not good for me. And so it kind of put me in the role of like, I'm in charge, which some people are like, well, aren't you always in charge? And you're not always in charge of your life, you know? And so that was a game changer. And then heading to counseling, acknowledging my anxiety uh, with 2020, my anxiety went through the roof, you know, with Trump, with reelection, with COVID, with um, the killing of black and brown people by the police, anti, literally when I'm naming it right now, it's like, it's, I cannot believe all that happened in 2020 or was amplified. So my anxiety, I've been learning like ways to cope with it. I think I monitor my anxiety sometimes by my heart rate. Um, sometimes I got a Fitbit. And so like sometimes when I'm really anxious or stressed a certain week, my heart rate will go up. And so when I see that, I try to do... I think yoga helps a lot. Breathing techniques helps a lot aside from going to counseling. And so I just try methods and essential oils has been helping a lot with me. Learning to do things like preventative measures can be really helpful. I also agree that counseling is scary. I think it must have taken me at least three sessions before I even opened up to my counselor. Uh, before I went in with like a wall up that I didn't even know. And then like my fourth session, I came in, I'm like, I need to talk about this today. And I just laid it out because they're there for you to talk with them. But I think it takes a lot of time and you have to do work in between your sessions too. So some people think that like counseling, like, oh, you just go and you know, it gets better because you just go. There's a lot of work that happens in between. And the number one thing that has helped me the most from counseling is I'm now able to identify why I make the decisions that I make, whether that be an insecurity move or anything else and get to, and now I want to get to the root of it rather than like run away from the root of it. And so that has helped a lot. And I don't know if I've been, would have been able to do that without committing myself to uh, monthly counseling sessions because some days I think I don't need it and after I get out I'm like that was nice <laughs> I echo counseling is very important I think if you have the privilege and the space to be able to do it and then now moving forward to just talking about what this episode is titled just being lost in purpose you know people's life purpose change a lot and sometimes you have multiple life purposes which is fine and especially in your 20s and your mid-20s I think that happens a lot and so if you all could share like any life purpose that you have seen shift in your life and um would you like to share your life purpose right now or what you think your life purpose is my current life purpose is probably just to continue finding what I'm passionate about I feel like I've kind of been ever since like college, um, I've been on this path of like trying to figure out like professional wise, like what is my purpose there, right? And like we talked about that. And like I recognized too a long time ago that I was definitely trying to find my purpose within my job. And that just made me more depressed. <laughs> and so I, like right now I'm recognizing that because I've put so much purpose into these like jobs that I've been doing and or like if I'm part of an organization, I'm putting it into there. I recognize that I haven't really been putting it into other things in my life. And that includes like my passions and that includes hobbies. Like we talked about, like I still don't have that many hobbies, <laughs> you know, it's been two years since I graduated. I still haven't developed that much. And so I'm definitely taking this time right now to stop trying to pressure myself into figuring out my next move, so to say, or like focusing on it so much. And instead just living and appreciating 
and finding what I like and kind of just trying new things out. But right now I'm I'm really liking it. I've gotten into like working out, which is something that I'm never into. And so now I'm doing that. And I'm finding like different small hobbies that I'm planning to do soon here once I buy the materials. Um, but you know, it's just like the little things like finding joy in the little things is my purpose as of now. But I've definitely had other shifts in my life previously where it's been more, um, like I said, professionally focused. So now I'm doing it more personally focused. For me, I've always wanted to be a fashion designer. That was like my goal for after high school, graduating high school. But that totally shifted because, you know, again, with my parents, like, what? what <laughs> you know so I was like okay fine I'll change it just to make y'all happy and then um what do you know I went back to the creative like I know my purpose one of my life purpose is to be in the creative field so I'm definitely pursuing that in graphic design yeah and I also really like what Em said about like the little things and I feel like right now my purpose is or my lifelong purpose is to find who I am and like uh, just really growing and seeing my changes as I go. And like the purpose is just like, who is Sandy? So <laughs> figuring out who I am. So I took a class on finding your purpose. Um, it was just like an elective. I'm like, this sounds kind of cool. I'm kind of lost. Sure. Like I'll do it. And at the end you come up with like a short like sentence um, that's grounded in like the work that we had done for that like semester. And I ended up with like something around um, using storytelling as a way to advocate. And that was kind of in a sense, like what I felt like my purpose was at the time, because I was doing a lot of like advocacy work and community work. And so those were where a lot of my passions lie and that is still like something that I want to continue to nurture and pursue along with that I'm also just thinking about like how can that look differently what are the different ways I can do storytelling what are the different ways I can advocate because you know I think that really honing into your strengths is important and knowing what they are and nurturing them is important Um, and so that's kind of where I've been but as I'm like graduating it's definitely something I'm kind of like up in the air about and something that I'm just kind of like re-examining and looking at like what are other purposes that I may have whatever my life purposes I wish for it I wish for parts of my life to be extensions of it. I think right now I'm very internal in the process of determining determining some of my life purposes, but I'm excited to learn more about myself, I guess, to see what more life purposes I have in store. And I think that comes with new experiences, a lot of self-reflection, meeting new folks like you all who are so amazing and having really good conversations. I don't know the correct formula at all, and I don't think there is a correct formula, but it's a definitely a very interesting journey. So now we've kind of reached the end of the discussion portion and we just have a fire question round where um, I like to ask all guests just some questions about grounding and finding homage because sometimes when you're feeling lost in life you search for home and for some people home is the people, the home is the place, home is yourself, you know really there's no definite uh, definition of home. And so I have three questions here that kind of just talk about finding homage in different aspects of your life and so just to begin here when you're feeling lost in life uh, where's a place you like to go to to feel at home my bed my that's my answer I feel like 
you know, because when you're sleeping <laughs> on your bed, Netflix and then knockout. Oh, shit. Um, and then like, you know, everything's just like stops. So it's like, I feel at home when I'm on my bed, like I am on my bed right now. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I have to agree. I find a lot of comfort um, when I have a lot of my own time. And so I really value when I'm literally like, like Sandy, just like laying on my bed and um, doing nothing because I feel like that's where I'm just the most comfortable and I just feel most at home. Otherwise, it's if I want to find home or if I want to find comfort, then I definitely go to my friends um, just to get that reassurance and to kind of just let it out. Okay, I kind of have a story. So I like ended up waking up crying this morning um, because in my dream, I was like, traveling or something and I was just being pulled into a lot of different spaces and to different people like friends that I recognize those that I don't recognize um loved ones etc and so it was just felt kind of chaotic and hectic but my dream ended with like me being really mad at my mom but then her just like embracing me into her arms and I started like whimpering and like I woke up and I was like what the f is going on and like that's home for me like my mom is home for me and like my loved ones is home um it's that like feeling of like warmth and soothing in them of just like accepting you and I think that's something that I felt like I've kind of been missing because I kind of feel like I've just like had to be this an adult and have all these responsibilities and sometimes I'm just like I just need someone to hold me and be like it's gonna be okay and you're like you'll be fine thank you all for your answers the next question is, what is a food you like to eat when you are searching for home? I love pasta. <laughs> I think it's such a comfort food. And I feel like if I were to make any food for the rest of my life, it'd just be pasta. And I don't know why. I, maybe it's just because I really like it um, or that it's really easy to make. But it's just so many different variations. And I don't know. I, like my simple answer really is it's just pasta just because I like really love it. And um, I know that it's one of the things that I explored the most with making when I was like living at home with my family um, or even now that I'm living by myself. Like it's like the one thing that I always just gear towards. <laughs> but yeah, I love pasta. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Emma's definitely a pasta girl. <laughs> you had pasta I'm just kidding but for my for me my home food or um it would have to be kabong because I could smell when when someone makes kabong I could smell that from miles away I remember being at Yoko's house one time and her sister was eating kabong and I was like did she make kabong <laughs> I wasn't asking to like eat some but I was just like damn like I know kabong when I smell it so yeah For me, it's definitely like any like soup. I think about like chicken soup. I boiled pork with like greens is so good. Like I think of home when I think about that and I may also just be craving it. Um, but it's just like so satisfying and like it hits the right spot. I love this question because everyone always like detail explains their food in detail and it's so good because who doesn't love food and so thank you for your answers and for the last question here 
what is something you like to read or watch when you're feeling lost and you're trying to find homage? Uh, for me, it, I think I kind of go between two different, like way different categories. So I, whenever I want to find comfort, I just like watch um, like YouTube videos on um, like people who are finding different foods and then they're explaining them. So like, like I'm really big fan of like Mark Wien and like, and like I, y'all, y'all, okay, I see you nodding. Okay, so you know him. Yeah, so I'm really big fan of like watching Mark Wien's like literally, I think I've like gone through like almost all of his episodes or rewatched them in like the past couple months. Just, I don't know what it is. I just like, I just really like his videos. Um, but if I'm not like watching that, I'm also like a very, very, very big like Naruto fan. And so I'll watch like scenes um, that'll pop up. It'll be like battle scenes or it'll be like other scenes from the series or the anime. Or like if Boruto pops up, I'll only watch the ones with Naruto and Sasuke in it. Cause like those are the only ones I think that are good. Um, but like those just like give me so much comfort and because like I just love it and I love like some of the lessons that they have in it. Um, or I just really like food. <laughs> so that's why I watch Mark Means. But yeah. I like um, growing up watching manga movies and uh, all those really chi- those Chinese Chinese movies that are manga. And then my little sisters or like my siblings, we would always just like uh, watch and and like laugh because they were just like it just brings so much memories from like our childhood. So I think that would yeah that that would be my answer. I would say so my thought immediately went to like self uh self-help stuff but I actually think that my answer for this is something that makes me laugh like watching something that like makes me like laugh until I cry or laugh until like my stomach hurts like that's like a really good feeling because I think sometimes I just need to like take things less seriously and like have a good time and have fun and so that's something that like I search for. Okay, thank you so much for sharing some ways you like to find homage and, you know, in hopes that this was self-therapeutic for yourself, but that other folks who listen may also find that, oh, someone else likes this too. And so learning that we're not alone in this process at all. And so that is, you know, we reached the end of this episode, uh, Lost in Purpose, where we discussed kind of the struggles that some folks go through in their 20s, the mid-20 crisis that is very real whatever age you're at in your life, you're never too young to have a life crisis, personal opinion. And so, you know, if it's happening to you, take it seriously. And just because you're not going through your 30s crisis and you're in your 20s, it's real and talk it out with people in your life or with yourself. And so thank you to the Yes Podcast hosts, all of you for joining me on this episode. Uh, I guess now is the time, you know, do you, would you like to share some social media handles, any last words you'd like to say? Yeah, thank you for having us. We've definitely been wanting to like do more collaborations. And so I'm so glad like you reached out and we were able to make this happen. Uh, as for socials, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Yes Podcast. We have two seasons out right now. We are currently on a break, uh, but definitely going to come back for the third season.
And I'll make sure to put the links down to your social media handles down in the show notes as well. And so, yeah, you know, they mentioned earlier that Yes Podcast, they have multiple episodes talking about mental health. So go check them out, everyone. And so thank you all for being here once again. And for Lost Souls, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the handle The Lost Souls Podcast. And feel free to share your thoughts. If you have any thoughts that you want me to convey over to these wonderful, amazing folks from the Yes podcast you know feel free to spill your soul and i can share that information over whatever time you're listening to this lost souls have a wonderful morning day or evening bye